All right. I did not do what Philip did. I did not eat two two halves. I had one half. Oh, you only ate one? You put the other one back? I was right there. I can't hear. Yeah. Did you say you eat them both, Rob? Yep. When yeah. I go there, I do. It's not going to be as good. Michelle be the only skinny on staff. I can't let her do it. Well, see, I um, I don't get the fries, though, because I know the sandwich is going to fill me up. Yeah. See, I didn't do the fries either. Confession. I think the sandwich is probably like a thousand calories. So, you know, I'm thinking. No, there's a whole, the, I feel like fire and spice is a place of holiness and the calories, you know, they decrease. Fire and spice is a holy place and yeah, that decreases feel the calories. You feel it when okay. you walk in. Rob, Rob, since you're the resident, the, oh, you agree? You're not helping me. I was about no, to burnt, say, since we were discussing burnt, your education. There's burnt offerings. Uh, I mean, why would you not? <laughs> okay. Never mind. So much for calling on your theological prowess. Uh, <laughs> hey, speaking of speaking of good, yummy food, what are you guys' thoughts leading into this big game cook-off? Which, by the way, let's make the public announcement that everybody's invited to this. So it's not just a competition. All it's a big game viewing but there is a competition for those who wish to enter. You can even bring food and not enter it in. But um, so if you're not signed up, get over there right now and do it. But with that said, are you guys bringing anything, Ray? Ray, I know you're. I know you're a little hurt because we picked on you. Yep. I don't know <laughs> what I'm bringing. If I'm bringing anything, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, debating. And now he's no, pouting. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Well, nobody said you shouldn't bring it. Nobody ever even alluded to that. Correct. No one ever alluded to that. But if I can't win, oh. it's like it's like suiting it up to fight a game with no intentions of actually winning. Why are you suiting up? <laughs> if we're having a well, party, be, man. You're me. It's called a potluck. I don't care about guys. Yeah. I just had the best idea I've ever had in my life. What if, what if we do a staff category? See, then you got me because then we're telling them. Uh-huh. Yep. Think about it, Ray. We do a staff category. I... We all go blind taste testing and the winner wins. But here's the deal. If I end up, because see, in my imagination, I always dream I'm going to take Ray down in this. What if I win? Will I feel guilty? No, people are going nuts in the comments. This is no, no. A staff cook-off. Well, Let the people. If we did a staff cook-off, what are we cooking? Because like I signed up to bring chili. So I guess that's what I'd need to cook. Well, I think here's the thing though. If Ray is kind of favored to win, you know, if like the odds, I don't know though. I feel like Rob has Jenny. You guys have like a strong cooking game. Not just well, Jenny. Jenny's isn't Ginny in the in the contest already? I've got an appetizer that I'm not allowed to talk about. Oh. Well, and then Michelle's got like all these family secret recipes. And then there's me that really just eats out every meal. But I could be the silent killer. Um, so nah, you, you can bring that, your tortilla warmer. You should yeah. bring that hoobly doobly or whatever that thing is that y'all talk about. Halushki or whatever. You bring that. Halushki. Yeah. I made that actually for Ray's had it. 
So mm -hmm. tell them, yeah, did you like it, Ray? Yes, I did. I would just add smoked meat to it and we'll be fine. <laughs> I do often serve it with smoked sausage, so. Mm. Eastlake Community Church is an intentional, multicultural community empowered by the Holy Spirit. We passionately pursue a loving relationship with God and everyone Jesus was sent to die for, here, near, and far. All right, guys, let's get started. This is officially the beginning of our podcast, season two, episode four. That's the one. It's already been four times. We're in the middle of February. The sun is shining. The ice is melting off my roof. It looks like it's raining, but it's just ice melting. I cannot believe there's ice on my roof in February, but there is. Here yep. we are. I and used to live in a reality where I wouldn't believe that there wouldn't be ice on my roof. <laughs> and pastor rob was up in the hot seat bringing the heat of course you guys are tired of me saying it but this really was one of my favorite wow. sermons by rob <laughs> it really was i loved it you know i've come to terms with this is i'm going to accept that from now on because that just means we've all gotten better each time there you go so well, everybody's given their best sermon the next time you hear them yeah we're just they we're improving I like it. I like it. And I just started a small group with our worship arts team and we got to do the, the grab a two friends concept. That's what we're doing where we're using the discussion questions. And the discussion was awesome because the topic was great. The discussion was great. It was just awesome stuff. So we're going to go ahead and discuss a little bit right here. But before we do, I thought it would be fun to play a game. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> So the subject matter was contentment, right? I mean, in, in a nutshell, it was finding contentment. And it was really wrapping up the whole series. Um, but here's the deal. And I don't know, this isn't really a game, but I thought it was fun and people would enjoy this. What? So we all have now keep in mind, Rob's um, um, definition or the also known as the biblical definition of contentment does not mean happiness okay so I got to be clear on that but we're going to play a game about happiness just for fun so everybody has their number of um, different things before of different foods before they're content here's where I'm going with this pizza slices you know you know your number you know your number hot wings you know your number um okay michelle i'm sorry <laughs> michelle's like no i don't i mean so let's just say because i feel like pizza and now we're not promoting um what is it called where you Buttons. eat we're not Buttons. promoting. Buttons. we're just having fun if you're offended write your emails to ray.washington at eastlakeonline.com <laughs> just for fun Okay, what is your number? You just need the filled out free email. You couldn't have done that. <laughs> There's so many variables to this. I mean, you know, for pizza, are you talking like deep dish Chicago style oh, pizza? Or are you talking about thin crust New York pizza? Or you know, I don't yeah. know how you come up with a slice count. Well, I mean, you're right, Michelle, and we're from all parts of the country, but I feel like there's one kind of pizza that's everywhere, and that's Little Caesars. <laughs> oh, that's easy for me. I Let's mean, go. the five dollar right. hot and ready's. Okay, so Little Caesars, one topping, pepperoni. What's your number? To be content. To be content. Zero. 
Oh, come on, Little Robbie. Caesars. Little Caesars. It's Little Caesars? Okay, oh, let's find a good pizza. What about Pizza Hut? Um, I, think, I think my number, I feel like my number, now, to be like just completely full is probably five. <laughs> okay. I'm not playing. Okay. I mean, my 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 number count is two, and if it gets to three, there's a nap involved. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, if it's regular slices, let's move off of this 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 nonsense from she's a little she's, um If they're regular slices, like those big Brooklyn type slices that I used to get growing up, it'd be like one and a half to two would be enough. Three would be you're changing into a a, a bigger pair of pants. <laughs> Because it's like you're, you're you've stuffed Mine's yourself. Five. <laughs> yeah, yours is five. Give me give me a give me two slices. I'm good. Three. I need a binky. <laughs> All right, Michelle, don't lie to us. Just because you're the only woman on the podcast here, we want um, the truth. Yeah, I think normally two, but I'm with Ray. I mean, like if I if it's something I really really like, and I get a third one in there, um, but then. I need a nap. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. So here's the other one. I don't know if all of you guys like hot wings, but okay. Everybody's got a hot wing number. I can go first, I guess, just to, to uh, kick us off. But my hot wing number is a number that nobody sells. They're always a little bit below or a little bit over. My hot wing number is 15. Hmm. You must have got all my metabolism, okay? Well, I'm all not of our metabolism. How are you eating this much? Here's the thing. You guys see me eat. I don't eat this much all the time. This isn't like a daily driver number. This is like contentment in the like I'm full kind of way. Okay, I'm going to go again. My, my hot wing number is eight. Uh, and I, pref I prefer flats over drums. See. My personal preference. Now, if we get to 10, don't ask anything else of me for a couple of hours. <laughs> wow. See, there's no I'm, fries involved, guys. There's no French fries with this. This is straight wings, just a pile. Well, I, I can eat wings, but I prefer the nuggets, otherwise known as the boneless wings. They're oh. nuggets. 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 They're nuggets. nuggets. I call them. You've heard me order nuggets at a wing store. I look them right yeah. in the eye and I say, give me 10 of the nuggets. Um, it's eight to 10 nuggets. Okay. But not McDonald's nuggets. I mean, those things are calling. Yeah. Chicken wings. We know they're not. <laughs> Michelle, do you believe in chicken wings? I like chicken wings. Okay. okay. Um, I mean, that's what I'm they thinking... sell at biker bars. <laughs> <laughs> Ten cent wings. There was a day. <laughs> I know. I remember those. My mother said to me about a week ago, man, those guys still really pick on you, don't they? <laughs> um, so I, I'm thinking about six wings. I, man, unlike Ray, prefer the drummies. You guys are making me look bad. I'm seriously, at least 15 is my number. I've been known to hit 20. If I ate 15 wings, I would be sick. Oh, yeah. I could do it. I just, yeah. 
Now, I don't eat like that all the time. You know me, I'm like turkey instead of red meat. I eat healthy 99. Okay. Okay. 75%. Okay. 60. You know what? I try to eat healthy most of the time, but. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Real contentment. That was a circle. Let's talk about real contentment. Okay, now that we okay. know what false contentment is, what's the difference, Rob? Why, why can't we consider that contentment? <laughs> well, you know, I, I don't know that I answered that directly in my message, but I, it's there because the reality is contentment is based on something completely different than what makes us feel good. It's, it's based on being connected to God, like just accepting him and, and, and his way over our way and not being a child about it. Yeah. And God's not going to tell me to eat 25 chicken wings, you know, I don't think. Um, unless or it's maybe not 15. Or something like that. But, <laughs> but God is going to tell me how he wants to bless me and how he's going to provide for my needs outside of what I think they are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's, that's I think, the, the key difference. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, did you guys, I mean... I, I know that that one hit me pretty hard when Rob was teaching of this idea that for a lot of my life, I felt like contentment is like something I'm striving towards. And in my mind, that means that I feel good about everything in my life. Like I'm just so, and, and, and in a way it is, but it doesn't mean you got everything that you wanted. It's not like waking up on Christmas morning and getting every present you, would, you asked for it's this concept of like, God has provided everything that I need and I'm content, I'm happy and it's enough. And that is different than most of us think about contentment and think about Christianity. Did that hit you guys or you, you, you already, uh, you know, you were, you were ready to preach that already. You know, when Rob said that you cannot get to gratitude unless you are content, it just made me think they are two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And you can't have one without the other. I mean, you, you can be completely gratuitous when you're content because you don't need anything else. You're thankful for whatever it is that you have. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when we got to uh, Malawi or Nechehu and the little kids came out of that little uh, brick house, all 20 of them singing songs around us in, I mean, complete joy. And we didn't know what they were saying. We asked our interpreter and he says, oh, they're singing to you that they are grateful to God for sending you to dwell with the sick like Jesus. Mm. <laughs> All 20 of these had AIDS. By the mm. time we went back to see them a couple of, no, a year later, over half of them were dead. Wow. By the time we made our second trip, it was a whole batch of new kids. And they were singing praises to God, knowing full well of what they had. But they were in the moment of being filled with his joy and content. And we just wept because we realized in that moment, we didn't have what they had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about HIV AIDS. We did not have the contentment or the gratitude wow. that these little kids had. Yep. 
We always say, I'll be content. I mean, so many people do. I'll be content when. Well, once that promotion comes, once that move, once we, once we get into this new house and we get out of this apartment or once we, it's always the next, the next, then I'll be good. It starts right now. Yep. Yeah. That's really good. It's a choice. And it's a choice. It's something that you choose, mm-hmm. you know, because we can always want more. I mean, and it's not even always evil to want more. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear about that. But contentment is being willing to set aside that which even is okay and acceptable for something even better, which is to just kind of rest in what you have. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. um, So this is one of the questions, just so you guys know, if you're doing um, the grab two friends concept, those of you listening, which is basically, let me explain that. That is where you are wanting to start a group and just get two friends together and you discuss the sermon. Well, one of the things that we do is we provide discussion questions to you and you guys get together and you discuss and you go deeper. So just to kind of illustrate that and stay in our same conversation, I'm going to use some of the questions that that you would receive if you were one of those group leaders. So a little shameless plug. And also let's discuss one of the questions this week was, um, who is the most contented believer you know, and how do they live differently? <laughs> I have to go back to my last church. Um, it's the it's it's the Criddles. Mm. Um, this is a couple couple that's been that was been married for probably sixty years, mm. and Smitty Criddle, this little little guy. Um, I mean. It didn't matter what was going on. He he seemed to be at a state of just joy and contentment. Even when things were bad, even when I, I remember when I flew back last year to surprise my mom for his birth for her birthday, I ran into both of them and they had just both had gotten over COVID. And we were at this Thai food restaurant and they walked in and they were just shocked to see me in town because I didn't really make an announcement. And they had told me how bad they had it with COVID. So just imagine you have a couple that is well off into their 80s. Mm. And both of them have, you know, just lived through COVID. One of them had it worse than the other, but they were still like bright lights walking in and we talking to one another. So to me, they represent contentment as a couple. Oof. That's good. What about you guys? Anybody stand out? Yeah, I can think of, you know, people in my past, there were two couples um, at the church when I um, got serious about pursuing Jesus, the Walkers and the Sorbos. Um, And they just were loving, steady uh, people, you know, and I remember saying particularly of Dorothy, who was a Bible study teacher, that I really admired what she had, but I at least recognized that she didn't come by it easily. I was like, I want that. I don't Mm -hmm. want to go through whatever it is you went through to get it, but I want that. Um, So yeah, I think of the walkers and the sorbos. Yeah. I I can think of a couple. I mean, I I can think of a couple in just about every church I've been in, but I'll, I'll go all the way back to the first church I ever attended. Um, you back in 1991 and the church Jenny and I attended after we got married um, there was a guy in that church his name was Stephen Webster 
And Stephen Webster is a direct descendant of Daniel Webster, the Steve, that, that family. Um, so Ooh. it's kind of it's like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Well, because it is. And, and he was a politician in Vermont, actually. But he was just the most content guy I've to this day probably ever met. Um, he, he didn't have a lot. Um, he lived in the backwoods of Vermont where we were. Um, but everything that he had, he appreciated. We Our favorite bowl that we ever, ever had as a couple to put salads in and stuff came from him. And it came from him because we mentioned we liked one like it um, at his house one time. And he actually, it wasn't one like it, it turns out it was it. Um, and, and, and what made him so content was he didn't own any of his stuff at all. And we did not say we liked that and the intention of getting that after we got married. I mean, we were just like, we were just admiring the bowl. Um, and so he got it and then he had another one made um, for himself later um, when he could afford it. But just the, the way he used to do things was that kind of thing. And it just showed a total contentment. For God. And he was, interestingly enough, he was the guy that was the president of the Senate of Vermont when there wow. was a fight for civil unions in the state of Vermont. And not making a judgment on one side or the other or a statement even on where people would fall on that. But he handled that with such a steady, even keel that came out of the contentment that he had, knowing that his God was in charge. That's awesome. Wow. That was pretty neat. It's cool how God gives us these people to look up to. Isn't it interesting how so many times, too, they're, they're older in their faith many times? And it's like, you know, if you could just instill that into a 20-year-old, man, you would be so rich um with well with oh, can you imagine you know, if you didn't have to and so you know that's something to pray for something to strive for or seek is there's no reason that you can't be 20 years old and be content you know um that's really good okay one more question from these discussion questions and then we'll move on but um this is fun i like this now this one i i hope i don't push you guys too much um just because uh -oh. it's kind of personal but um, it says, in what circumstances or areas of your life do you find it hard to be content? What is the reason? This is kind of, this is a little personal. <laughs> you know, normally this question is asked in a small group of, uh, in, as opposed to us saying this publicly, but so you can, you can deny to answer it or, or whatever you want to do, but I kind of like it. <laughs> We always try to be real as pastors of this church. <laughs> well, it's hard for me to speed past the fact that just two weeks ago, I stood on stage with my t-shirt blanket. So, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, contentment with t-shirts and yeah. things like that. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and also shoes to a certain extent. So, <laughs> oh, Man, that's uh -oh. the first step, Ray. You did it. Yeah, first step is admitting the problem. Step, step. <laughs> I like it. You know, my, my, mine is mine is financial, um, and 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 I'm I've learned to be fine with it. But I grew up so poor mm -hmm. that I I can really get to a place very quickly that I'm not, and I'm, I'm not talking about spending money. Like yeah, it's having money in reserve. Yeah, and become I if there's if I'm not careful, there's no number that will make me feel confident. Yeah. So I just fight really hard to not have that be any kind of definition of my contentment in my prayer life and all that, because 
it can, it, it, we can have plenty of money and I can feel like, well, we need some more. Yeah. Because what if, you know, the what if thing. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah, we, I, I kind of said this last week, but it, it, it's probably equivalent to that with Rob. And it's that I, I really, really want to feel secure and, you know, you can say that as pastors, I know you, the people watching are like, well, your security is found in Jesus. And it is. But the reality is, is that is a daily decision to believe that, to, to preach that to yourself. And uh, it's, it doesn't always just come easily. And, you know, there, I think also just a, a little bit of trauma that's come through my life is that I, I want to be able to have a little more control than I felt like I've ever had. And the reality is, is it's not going to be there. <laughs> yeah. I never had, it was always an illusion and it's still an illusion. Um, but it doesn't mean that I don't have a natural tendency to strive there and in, in order to feel content. So yeah, there you go. Your pastors are real people. Are you real, Michelle? I think I'm real. Um, <laughs> I, I struggle like you and, and Rob have just talked about um, financially and, and it isn't a buy thing thing. It is tied into what you said, Philip, which is the security, yeah. um, you know, and so it's a constant reminding of myself that God's got me and it will be okay. Mm -hmm. um, I also have a tendency to feel discontent um, when I can't finish something, um, I, I like, I'm a finisher and it frustrates me when things go on and on and on and on and on and never like you never put a bow on it. So I think that's why, especially this fall, I was really discontent with being in school because I wanted to go to seminary. I believe the Lord called me to go to seminary. He's provided for it but I have been doing this years and years and I'm tired of it. I like things to get done, move on, get done, you know? So, so there you go. Yep. Yep. That, that's really good. Is it, do you guys find that it's, by the way, now, you know, your pastors are all, <laughs> we, we preach to ourselves so often. They know that already. They already yeah. know that, but now they really know that. Um, I, I think, um, sometimes in the church world and we can kind of discuss this but I guess in faith circles it can be um, almost frowned upon to strive towards this concept of contentment do you guys feel that like like we're supposed to suffer you know like a little bit for God do you guys ever feel that in faith or or in your past experiences you know, like, well, the goal is not to be happy and to be content. And so right. it's almost like as a Christian, you shouldn't be um, uh, trying to achieve this or, or do I just make that up in my head? <laughs> no, I don't think you do. I, I think it's, I think it's because of the flawed definition of contentment that we fight that yeah. because actually throughout the Bible, we're told to be content, but we don't want to be content. If content means kind of back to where I, where I was at the beginning of the podcast, even we don't want to be content if content means not getting our way. So to strive for contentment, you know, in, where contentment is defined by getting what you want, mm -hmm. sounds like a dirty word. Mm -hmm. To strive for contentment like Paul was content is a biblical call to all of us mm -hmm. to where whatever we are in, because listen to Paul's words I, without even opening up. I know what it means to have little. I know what it means to have much. I know what it means to have little. I know what it means to be in need. I know what it means to, you know, not. 
and he says, yet I found that I can be content there. Yeah. Because contentment isn't based on what you have. It's based on who you have, mm-hmm. which is Yahweh, the Savior, the Holy Spirit, you know, at work in our lives. So, yes, I have run into it, um, yeah. but it's because of the flawed definition. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. Um, I, I, I know that I've experienced that before. And then there's also kind of been like a guilt of like, well, maybe I shouldn't be this happy. You know, it's like, no, you should be content with what you have. A- another thought too is, um, does gratitude lead to contentment? Does contentment lead to gratitude? You kind of hit on this, but yes. like, does the cart come before the horse? Which, which is the cart? Which is the horse? And, you know, how does that work right there? Circle. You know, I wish I'd had more time to, um, to develop that because, because the statement that I made is completely accurate and true. You know, um, contentment is a fuel for gratitude. However, given another half an hour sermon opportunity, I could have continued on with, and as Ray said, two sides of, of the same coin, and gratitude is required for contentment. Mm-hmm. So it's like both of those statements are true. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Breathe. Yeah. What'd you say, Ray? Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, we have now. these kids down the hall that we need to get to, so we have to keep our sermons, you know. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So here's, here's the deal. We we've kind of hit. A, we've been talking about some serious stuff. Now let let let's lighten up a little bit here, and uh, let's ask Rob a little bit about this um, marathon and being entering in as a sixty year old woman. Are we going to let that just happen? Are we okay with that? I should have been more prepared. <laughs> oh, my. Because, I mean, I mean, we kind of, oh, no, he's got it. Is it. Does it have a picture of a 60-year-old woman on it? No, no, no. It's just the finisher medal because I never got the award for my placement. I got the one that everybody got. There's a little Bud Light on there. We'll cover that up. I think that's um, a 60-year-old woman next to a sequoia tree. <laughs> That's a shamrock. Uh, <laughs> that's a shamrock, and that is a um, leprechaun. St. Patty's Day fun run. Yeah, fun run. Um, Tacoma half marathon. So, Ray. There you go. I just have to know from Ray, how does this make you feel? I mean, knowing that we won't even let you enter yourself as the only winner in a uh, chili cook-off, but yet Rob gets to run as a 60-year-old woman and finish third place. I was say I didn't win. Well, right. yeah, he's got. The I should award, mention though. I was forty-four. Is <laughs> <laughs> it better somehow? All I'm saying you're not is, a woman, and you're not sixty plus. Forfeit. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Rob? If if Ray has to give back his trophy, you need to mail that shamrock back in. Well, no, this is the finisher award. Everybody got this one. The one I never got was delivered oh, okay. to my mother-in-law. I've never seen it. Okay. Well, that was okay. God's way of, of dealing with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I Ray's been a little bit salty because we took him out of the competition. We uh, forced him out of the competition. You force then, him. And then today, just so you guys know, he kind of he kind of pouted a little bit and said, well, maybe I just won't even bring anything i don't know if i can't win so well well to be fair there were people in the office yesterday afternoon that were like what do you mean you're not cooking 
Nobody I said wanted to come after you. Nobody said well, he shouldn't do it. Well, but they meant for the competition. They were like, <laughs> you know. Um, so, and, and this person actually was in his full chef regalia. So, you know, yeah. Oh, really? He might have taken Ray. Yeah. yeah. He might have, but now we'll never know. We'll Ooh. never know. Yeah. Sorry, Julio, if mm. you're watching this. <laughs> all I said, all I said, all I said, <laughs> the only thing I said was that if you work at a radio station and there's a competition, you can't win. Oh, I love it. Oh my goodness. So uh, speaking of personal real stories, real life stories, there was some really cool ones that you shared and along the lines of, um, well, let me look at my notes here and see, I think this is exactly what you said. You said something like, there are stories where God says no, only to find that God has something better for you. Mm. And um you shared, you shared, I was in the middle of conversation a little bit, so I didn't catch the whole thing, but can you share a little bit of it again? I mean, it was an adoption story about Zechariah, was it? Yeah, that was tough. Um, so it was, we had been already waiting in process about 15 months in the adoption process, waiting to be paired with a child, uh, with a parent. And we got a phone call uh, that this woman, this, this really cool woman in Rhode Island had a baby that she, that she was going to put up for adoption and wanted to meet us and wanted us to be his parents. And, um, long story as short as I can make it, um, Jenny and I drove down there, spent the night, the night before, went and met the, met the woman, child, all the things. And as I'm sitting there holding this baby, um, I'm feeling like God is telling me to make a statement. And the whole time I'm arguing with God about the woman next to me will kill me if I say this. And so as I'm handing the baby back, I said, I just have to ask, why do you think you need to give him up for adoption? You seem to have everything you need in place to raise him with a support network and a church and, and all of that. And, and, and I, was, I was honestly waiting to get hit by Jenny. Um, only to find out later that Jenny had been feeling the exact same thing and wanted me to take the lead on it, but didn't know how to tell me because she's like, well, if God's really saying this, then he'll say it to him. But that was a real heartbreaking day for us because we drove all the way back from Rhode Island mm -hmm. knowing what we were going to, we didn't know officially that day, but we knew officially mm. that day. It took a couple of days before we got the word. Um, it was a devastating mm -hmm. moment for us. It was, it was no fun. Yeah. So yeah, it was hard, but if that had happened, you wouldn't have Jacob. We wouldn't have Jacob. And it didn't occur to me. My son had never heard that story. Really? <laughs> you guys yet. He didn't tell us that he had never heard this. He didn't remind us that he'd never heard the story until last night. Wow. When he wow. said to me, he's like, dad, I never knew that story. It's fascinating to me. He's like, do you ever regret it? And I'm like, not even for oh. a second. Wow. I'm like, not yeah. even for a second. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, we have these visions in our lives of exactly where we're going. I mean, I guess I'm speaking for myself and this is going to happen and this is exactly the way it will be and we can see it and we take all the steps to go that direction. And sometimes God says, nope. And it feels like a death. It feels, yep. it feels like you're mourning just like you mourn a death because you're you've lost a future that you thought was going to happen. Yep. But God does what he always does. And he shows you that he has a better 
different plan. And not that there was something wrong with Zechariah or Zechariah, however you said it, but it's that that wasn't the plan for your life. You guys experienced anything like that in, in, in your lives or did any stories come to mind when he shared that? Um, I know I have one with my kids because I, you know, I raised, well, I'll say this while Michelle's thinking or raised thinking, but you raise your kids and you think this is exactly, you know, you have this like little pipe dream for them. And this is exactly where it's going to be. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They'll get married. They'll have 2.5 kids. They'll never have debt. You know, <laughs> you paint these pictures, but you release them into the world and you have to say, oh, okay, you're going to go that direction or you're going to do this or that. And I remember being told by a counselor right before I would accept the role of being um, Calvary's uh, campus pastor um, was that I did not know how to grieve well. And it would be during that season that God would literally break me um, to learn how to grieve well with the loss of certain friends that I personally um, disciple and to see the walk of our life, um, not because I've done anything wrong, but because of Charlotte, no, they just walked out of our life. And I grieve that. And Philip, to your point, um, God has literally made me and Sherilyn to become students of grief. <laughs> I think every parent should be able to say that at some point. Because when we hold our little babies in our arms for the first time, we can't help but dream dreams and visions for them. When we see them start to speak and then they start to uh, reveal what their personalities are, we add that dreams and visions and expectations that we personally want for their lives. And it's not bad. I mean, we, we, we genuinely want good things to come to them and by them and through them. But the moment um, they get that same freedom that Adam and Eve had in the garden, once they get that in their minds that they can make their own decisions, that is when the moment we have to get where God is, where we just say, I mean, I'm not saying you give up. I mean, especially if it's not, if it's horrible, what I'm saying, saying is at some point you have to let go and it might actually mean you having a funeral for your dreams and visions because the reality is God has a dream and a vision and a purpose for their lives and I guarantee you it is better and higher than yours yeah Woo. and that hurts mm -hmm. yeah because I don't think any of us dreaming that our kids axe murderers or fornicators or <laughs> drunks. No, that's not the dream we have for our kids. We, we think the dream that we have is a great dream. But often those dreams aren't given to us by God. That's our dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, yeah. Michelle? Anything come to mind? Oh, sure. I mean, this was not the life I signed up for. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, I don't know how I got here. This was not, none of this was on my plan. Can I just say none of it? 
I need a shirt. Um, we all need shirts that say that. If this is not the <laughs> life I signed up for, yeah. Oh, so true. So, yeah, I mean, I, I had the life that I wanted to have. Um, I had two kids. I lived in the place I most wanted to live in. You know, I um, enjoyed the small town and the woods and the community. And um, I would never have left there um, willingly. Um, but God brought me to South Carolina and God assured me that there was something for me to do. And, you know, I, I always have to reflect back to all the people that God called out and away from their families and places because he had something different for them. And, and that's not easy um, to do, you know, because my, my people I mean, of course I have people here, but my family, other than my two children, um, my people are in Southwestern Pennsylvania. They're not here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's hard, but I did trust that God had something for me. But if you had told me 20 years ago that I would be single and pastoring at a church in Irmo, South Carolina, I would have said, you are, are smoking mind. something. Yeah, because there's that's no way. Um, but here I am. Oh my gosh. And I'm and it's a good life. That's good life. It is. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, if I had my way, I would have never met any of you. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because my plan did not I, I I didn't have that type of vision to see all of you. I'm I'm grateful for the 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 word of God, the move of God, the calling of God, and the grace. Yep. Because I don't I don't know what my life would have been like without each of you, and I don't say that just to you know Philip, Rob, Michelle. I mean every person that's that's going to be on or listening to this later. If 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 I had my way, I would have controlled all the variables. Mm-hmm. And what a sad life that would have been mm-hmm. yeah I remember thinking whenever we moved here like you know I saw South Carolina and I saw East Lake and I remember thinking they don't want somebody like me you know I, I'm I'm like I knew the South I like the South but I was like the South doesn't want me and um, I know and little did I know I was coming to a gracist church that was learning how to celebrate differences and be stronger because of differences and ended up getting welcomed in with open arms because it's not like I'm some crazy guy but culturally you got to admit west coast east coast there's a completely different um, Mm -hmm. cultures and then you look at all of us and it's like wow I just would have never dreamed I mean if you said all right here's the deal Philip we're gonna we're gonna what do you think man, I don't have a clue, but doesn't that make you like think, okay, so we've got a, I mean, God, God's grace for um, allowing, we have a lot of life ahead of us and who knows, you know, who knows what God will do. Yep. Amen. I, you know, I think of, I'm thinking right now of some friends that we've met at church that now come to church that we probably shouldn't have never been friends. 
and now we end up being really great friends and uh i mean i tell you i wouldn't have ever guessed it you know i would have never planned it guessed it but i'm stronger because of it i'm better because of it it's wild god is wild oh <laughs> he he likes to take us on adventures um for sure you know and we don't well, go ahead michelle i'm talking too much i was just thinking you know if if you don't have any sense of adventure or any sense of i don't know if fear is the right word but concern about okay what's next you might want to ask yourself are you really following the center of his will because i feel like he stretches us out of our comfort zone all the time which is a killer segue michelle in, oh well into um because we're gonna wrap up here pretty quick but this new sermon series what and oh <laughs> well, finish up oh. and then finish oh. up the sermon series and i will show you somebody exiting the half marathon go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. okay that's gonna be our closer all right what are we you know what are we about to go into rob i mean ray or whoever <laughs> wants to tell us about the next series <laughs> go on ray you talk about it <laughs> so the next series that we're going into is called exit us um, from it's a play on words, of course, Exodus, which means a going out. And so we just um, finished the series, a gratitude adjustment, where we have been asking the question and digging into are we really content and how do we get there to live a gratuitous. Okay, so now we have that. So that we need to exit out of us. Mm -hmm what behaviors, what mindsets, what practices, what bad habits do we need to leave to continue to pursue what it looks like to be in a loving, passionate relationship with God. You don't wanna miss a week over the next nine weeks as we dig through Exodus, taking the first uh, third of it this year, then we'll do another third next year. And then in 2024, we will finish um, always in the spring or right before spring, um, the book of Exodus. I'm really, really excited about it. And uh, this week we're going to learn why are we even doing this study? Why are we studying the book of Exodus? And what do we have to gain from it as the New Testament church? So. Cool. It's good. It's good. I'm excited about it. So do we have the choir a choir comes back proof? this Sunday? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Choir. Let's okay, see this, Rob. Right now, oh, they put it to music. I didn't realize this was out there. Oh my gosh, it's to music. What was this? I didn't realize this was out there. Was this last week? I've never week? seen this till just now. First time I've seen this. Ready? <laughs> there I come. There I come. Yellow. See the yellow? That's me. It's you. That's Bonnie Johnson. Finishing the race. I feel like that person in the yellow just walked out of the crowd and went through the. No. <laughs> that hill is like right down over out of view there. Here I come. Oh, right good. Yeah, that hill is strategically placed. Yeah, it's awful because you come right up over the top of it right there. And there I come. You I see like, again. Here I feel I like I'm watching the first man land on the moon with. Here I come. There I am. Look at that. Right. My little kid's finishing in front of me. There I come. 
That's me right there. <laughs> Little kids finishing in front of me. <laughs> now, in all fairness, that kid jumped in with his mom. <laughs> so. You know what? Oh my. We choose to believe it. <laughs> I did not, I did not realize this was out there. It's the first time I've ever seen it. I love it. Because I went, I went in and I looked it up just to kind of show you. Bonnie Johnson, half marathon, three hours, 19 minutes, um, third place. Oh my gosh. There you go. Uh, uh, all right, guys, before we sign off, um, well, we're we are signing off. <laughs> We, we need to sign off this Sunday. <laughs> this Sunday is going to be choir singing. So come worship with the choir. You're going to love. They're passionate about it. I know they're excited. We're all excited. It's going to be fun. New series, choir, all kinds of stuff. It's going to be great. So we will talk to you guys real soon. We got that. We got the blood drive. Oh, oh. yeah, that's right. We're pumping blood. East Lake Community Church is an intentional, multicultural community empowered by the Holy Spirit. We passionately pursue a loving relationship with God and everyone Jesus was sent to die for, here, near, and far.